0: The Chargers have another big time test this weekend going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow against the Chargers this week. But is there a way the Chargers can slow the Bengals down? Well, it's crossover Thursday, so we're going to be joined by the Locked On Bengals podcast to tell you the weaknesses the Chargers could potentially expose. And there's some more good news because the Chargers could have some big reinforcements coming back this week with Limbaugh Joseph and Matt Filer potentially back this week. <laughs> You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the
2: Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, and later on the show, you'll see your other host, David Drogemeyer. Two writers from San Diego Sports Domination, where we're going to start covering the Chargers over five seasons ago. Now it's our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you for making us your first listen. As always, we really appreciate you, especially all the Spotify-wrapped things we were getting on Twitter and social media. You guys tagging us, telling us, you know, we're your number one show of the year. That's always really cool for us to see. But if you don't already, make sure to check out the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and subscribe there. Or follow wherever you get your podcast from. So a lot to get into. It is crossover Thursday, but I am here to give you the latest news on the Chargers before we get into that crossover. And today we have some good news because the Chargers, according to Brandon Daily, expect Limbal Joseph back today. As you guys are seeing this, and also Matt Filer is back at practice. As also talked about the run defense and the position battle at running back, too. Waiting for somebody. To take that battle over, so a lot to get into today. Before getting into the crossover, we're talking about the Bengals' weaknesses, the Joe Burrow experience, and why Joe Mixon has been playing like his hair is on fire lately. Just in time to go up against the Chargers' run defense. But today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up right now, guys, for free at stathero.com/slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a one hundred percent deposit match. All right, guys, well, Brandon Staley got on the podium on Wednesday and gave some really nice updates for Charger fans to hear because you don't get a lot of great news, especially coming off of games. But we did find out this week that Brandon Staley said that he expects Limbaugh Joseph to come off of the COVID-19 reserve list tomorrow. And that's huge because, I mean, as good as the Chargers run defense was leading up to the game last week where Limbaugh Joseph played in three of those four games, but you saw Braden Fehoko and some other guys step up against the Steelers. Limbaugh Joseph is literally and figuratively such a huge presence in the middle of that Chargers defensive line. And I I think even though the Chargers run defense has been bad, Limbaugh Joseph is probably the most important player at that position right now for the Chargers just because they have been hurting. But at least they were trending in the right direction the last time we saw Limbaugh Joseph on the field. And now it has been a couple of weeks. So really good thing for the Chargers getting him back. It is going to make a difference, I think, on Sunday against the Bengals. And Staley also talked about, you know, the defense. He liked the way they were limiting explosive plays and things like that. But he said the run defense was really killing them defensively and offensively. With other teams basically being able to use time of possession to take opportunities away from Justin Herbert and the offense. And I think you've led to, some, you know, that has led to some of the frustrating offensive performances. So I do think that when he was talking about it, the one thing he was very clear of was that it's at the line of scrimmage. It's at the point of attack where they're not getting things done. He pointed out a counter run last week that one play early in the game, they didn't do well against the give like 14 yards. Yet yeah, The same guys just playing it better stopped it for no gain later on in the game. So it is execution and guys getting, you know, beat up front. But the real question is with Limbaugh Joseph coming back, are you going to see the chargers go away from Jerry Tillery a little bit in more run obvious situations? especially to get opponents behind the sticks because that is somewhere where he hasn't been great so far this year. You obviously need him in pass rush situations he's still one of the better interior rushers they have. But it would be nice to see them give some of those young guys who have played so well in games like the Pittsburgh Steelers and Flashes and other games more chances, especially in run defense specifically, just because that's obviously been such an issue for the Chargers. But the other thing you talked about was Matt Filer getting back to practice, and that showed up on the injury report for Wednesday, back in a limited participation at practice. And that is huge because we all saw what it looked like last week when he was gone. The first game of the season that he missed, Senio Kelamete filled in for him and him and Michael Schofield, you know, led the way with pressures allowed last week against the Denver Broncos. So Matt Filer, I think as much as I appreciated him when he was out there for the Chargers, you got more appreciation last week, seeing what the Chargers line looked like without him, because they definitely struggled and missed him there. And he will be such an upgrade at that position. And if it's not him, Maybe you see Brendan Hymas after the performance of Kelamete, even though Brandon Staley said it was about experience. We want to see something different, right? And at that point, you need to get that young guy out there. He can potentially bring you something different. But just wrapping up the other notes, I mean, Brandon Staley did say that Asante Samuel Jr. is still in concussion protocol, which sucks because he is still the Chargers' best cornerback so far this year as a rookie, which is pretty wild. And then the other thing is Brian Bulaga, the name that, you know, frustrating name to hear for Charger fans because oft injured last season, this season leaves week one, and we don't know what's going to happen. brand Staley did talk about that, said the opportunity is still there for him to come back down the stretch of the season, potentially, or late in the season, they would have to activate him, get him into the window where they could re-bring him onto the team. But still, I know people aren't going to want to hear this. I mean, he would make a difference, right? He would, if he was out there, you can't bank on it. Don't hold your breath, Charger fans. I'm not saying he's going to be back. And he's going to play well. But if you're making a run down the stretch and you can have Brian Bulaga back for those, you know, last two or three games, it's better than not having him. And I think that's kind of indisputable. So I'm not saying he's going to come back. Brian Staley didn't seem like he was super confident in it, but he did say he liked the way that he was working out there. And they're still kind of deciding how things are going to go towards the end of the season. But Linval Joseph back potentially this week. Matt Filer probably back this week is going to pay a, a huge dividends for the Chargers going up against a very talented Cincinnati Bengals team in a game where you know a lot of AFC West things are going to be decided. These are two teams that are right next to each other. The Chargers can catch up and wins with the Bengals if they are to win this weekend. And we'll see how that plays out at the end of the season when the AFC is decided and where these teams get seated because it is all going to be very important. But luckily, we have Jake Lisko and also James Rapine on the show today because it is Crossover Thursday. So David Drogmeyer is going to be joining up with the guys over at Locked On Bengals to get into this crossover episode now that you guys are updated on everything charge related right after this but first I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Stat Hero which is just a totally different way to play daily fantasy and for me I know I've taken Stat Hero for some money for sure and what I love about it is it's totally different no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose winning feels so much better but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against, and that's that's what makes Stat Hero so different because Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner takes all. And right now they have a bunch of specials going on. Do you think you guys can sign up for the mix or treat package where you guys can pick three running backs to go up against Alexander Madison, Elijah Mitchell, and also Joe Mixon going up against you know the Chargers run defense this weekend? If you guys want to get after that. You guys can sign up right now for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. It's free money to play with That's stathero.com slash locked on with the promo code locked on 100% match. What they're going to do for you guys right now at stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply.
1: It's that time of the week. It's time for Crossover Thursday, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Chargers. We've got David Drogemeyer from Locked On Chargers joining myself, Jake Lisko, and my co-host on the Locked On Bengals podcast, James Rapine. We're going to dive in to the Los Angeles Chargers and the challenges or opportunities they present to the Cincinnati Bengals coming up this weekend. And I think this starts, David, with the the number one story, that everyone's talking about this week that we were ready to talk about for a primetime game that should have or could have been. And that's Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, part one. The quarterbacks currently, despite a recent surge from Tua Truthers, and they might have a case, are seen as the best quarterbacks out of last year's draft class and the first time they get to play each other. David, is Justin Herbert a better quarterback than Joe Burrow?
3: You're, you're really going to ask me that question that, that that's, sure, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's hilarious. Uh, personally, obviously, I'm going to say that Justin Herbert's a better quarterback. I mean, that's the team I cover. I love Joe Burrow, though. And and here's the thing. These two guys are both playmakers. They're both excellent quarterbacks. Joe burrow has got that personality that you like. He's kind of got that movie star kind of personality, I think. And Justin Herbert's a lot more reserved. He's a lot more quiet. Um, he's more of the lead by example versus a vocal type of leader, which I, I suspect Joe Burrow is more like that type of individual. One thing I do know is that both of these guys are going to be tearing up the AFC for the next decade plus, hopefully. And uh, I mean, what, what talent, what talent that both of these franchises for the chargers, it's crazy how they've gone go from Philip rivers straight to Justin Herbert. I mean, that is such a dream. I mean, look, just talk about, talk to any of the other franchise, talk to the Broncos. (laughs) How many quarterbacks have the Broncos cycled through in the last five years? Uh, I mean, look, 90% of the NFL, it searches far and wide for a a quarterback for that number one guy and the Bengals and the Chargers, they have them. Yeah, for sure. And
2: that's, what's really exciting about this matchup. Let's uh, let's focus in on Herbert specifically and and Bengals fans. Don't get too mad at David because he picked Justin Herbert, but what, uh, what is he doing in this system? How is he thriving compared to last year? Is it better? Is it worse? Obviously the chargers, there was dark horse Super Bowl contender talk right now. They're the seventh seed in the AFC. So expectations are pretty high. How is he faring sure. in, in this new system with this new coaching staff?
3: So I think last year there was a lot of deep shots, a lot of plays down the field. You saw a lot of the the sexy 50 plus yard touchdowns and You're not seeing nearly as much of that this season. And I think that's, you know, it's not a, you know, as a, you know, attractive form of football to watch, but, you know, this offense is very much a a Saints centric type of offense where Drew Brees was operating, where he'd really throw the balls to the flats, try to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, Now there is a lot of freedom there, you know, with, with uh, Keenan Allen and the kind of routes that he can, he can run. He's, you know, they have rules guys, and then they, you know, they have the guys who can be creative and kind of you know, do what they want almost. And, uh, you know, so you're seeing quite a bit of that with, with the elder statesman, but, uh, I just, I feel like the, the concern here is a lot of charger fans would love to see them push the ball down the field a lot more often than they do. But defenses are, they know that they know that Justin Herbert has the big arm. So they're intentionally playing the cover too. They're trying to take those deep shots away, those explosive plays away. And, and by all accounts it's happening. I mean, it, Justin Herbert is still having a great year statistically, but I don't think it's as explosive a brand of football that we saw last year in his rookie season.
1: Is there something specifically going on the last few weeks to stay on the topic of this offense? Criticism from various national outlets seems to be bubbling up that Justin Herbert is being handcuffed the way he was at Oregon, being forced to take you know, sit routes underneath when he has the ability to make any throw on the football field. And, you know, do you think that's because of offensive line injuries? Obviously, again, the Chargers, despite spending heavily in free agency, bringing in Corey Lindsley, drafting Rashawn Slater, both of those guys have been great. But injuries Mm -hmm. at left guard, right tackle, right guard. Is it because of those injuries on the offensive line creating problems? Is there something wrong with Justin Herbert? Who I think I saw somebody tweeted he's you know the lowest quarterback or something in EPA per play in, since week nine. What, what's
3: going on the last few weeks? Well, if you if you look at the offensive numbers, they're still one of the top offenses in the league. If you look at DVOA and all of that, they're they're top five in pretty much every statistical category as far as the as they as they track. So they're still moving the ball down the field. I think what has really crippled you know Justin Herbert and the Chargers is they. If they don't get off to a fast start, then they really have a hard time finding their rhythm. And if they if they can't, they they can't really make the adjustments in game to really change things enough. And they get into a hole and then they can't dig themselves out of it. So that's one thing for sure. But also a lot of defenses are trying to change the sight picture on Justin Herbert after the snap. They're going to show they might show pressure or they might show coverage beforehand. And then they will change things and make Justin Herbert have to really pick make the right read and and make the right throw and that's something you know that he has struggled with but one thing i want to continue to remind everyone is that he's a second year quarterback you know he still has plenty to learn he, obviously the expectations are astronomically high because of how much success that he has enjoyed so far in his short career but he is still a work in progress this this guy is still i would say scratching the surface as to where he can possibly get to but That, I think, is what a lot of teams are doing to Justin Herbert. And the Chargers, unfortunately, haven't really adjusted enough to get past that hump. So, is that his biggest flaw? And this is probably a quick
2: answer, but is that his biggest flaw right now? Our biggest area that he needs to work on is his processing,
3: you know, pre snap and during the play? Definitely. I I would say 100%. That's the one thing that he needs to shore up. And the more he works with, uh, you know, a defensive mastermind like Brandon Saley, I think the the more he's going to understand defenses and understand how they're trying to attack him and the better he's going to get. But the only cure that we can really have here is time and experience. The more defenses he sees, the better he's going to be able to make the decisions to outwit that defense. Let's talk about Brandon Staley's defense a bit. What, uh,
2: what's different about this unit and uh, in how do they, in a, a ideal world, How will they attack Mm -hmm. the Bengals? How will they attack Joe Burrow on Sunday?
3: Yeah. I mean, so for Joe Burrow, the one thing that I've seen watching the tape on him is that he will take shots. He will take some unnecessary chances. And that's why he's thrown 12 interceptions this year, especially to the right side. He's thrown several deep to where they've gotten picked off. So I think they're really going to try to spot or keep, you know, a two safety look. That's what Brandon Staley and the chargers defense play. Most of the time, the biggest concern here is the run defense. They're, by far the worst run defense in the league, giving up 145 plus rushing yards per game. And the idea of Joe Mixon coming in uh, and running up against this very injured and very, uh, let's say, untalented defensive line scares the hell out of us because the last three games, that the dude has been tearing the league apart. So that's the biggest thing that scares me. So I think they would probably like to try to take Joe Mixon away a little bit more uh, as much as as much as that, that's a, an incredibly difficult task and try to let Joe Burrow you know, make those throws. Ideally, you know, you, I think the offense is probably the best defense here. Try to get a lead because that's another thing I've seen against the Bengals is they get up really, really big in the first half and they pretty much put the game away before you know the second half even gets started so they really have to try to weather the storm against the Bengals if they can get a lead if they can try to turn Joe Burrow over and try to limit Joe Mixon as much as possible I think that's going to be the recipe for success against the Bengals
1: sounds like both teams are very interested in controlling the game script in this one both teams we've talked about that with the Bengals all year get off to a fast start so it's not on Joe Burrow all game and it hasn't been for the last couple weeks how is Brandon Staley Going to balance that with the success that the Bengals and Joe Mixon have had going under center, going twelve personnel, going even extra offensive linemen with two tight ends on the field, and and just say we're going to run wide zone at you until you can stop it. Brandon Staley wants to keep both his safeties high. Is he going to start playing a guy in the box and and is is what what do you think the adaptation is? It is as simple as under center, drop a safety in the box, and shotgun keep too deep like you want to do? Or, or is he going to be truly too deep the entire game?
3: No, he, he can't be too deep the entire game. If that if that happens, Joe Mixon is going to ha- have a field day in this game. So what you're probably going to see is Derwin James in the box a whole lot more uh, in this game particularly because you know th- that guy can do anything on the defensive field. I mean, no matter what you ask him to do, he can rush the passer, he can play in the box, he can play back. Derwin James is one of those rare athletes in the NFL, but he's best used closer to the football, especially when you have a playmaker, the caliber of Joe Mixon. He's so patient. And I think that's what makes him so effective is he, he doesn't really shuffle his feet. He he waits for the hole to open up and then he explodes through it. Derwin James is a guy who can kind of match that explosiveness. So I expect to see him in the box a lot to try to contain that run game, at least as, as much as possible in the beginning.
0: Before we get back into this Locked on Chargers, Locked on Bengals crossover, I do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you guys covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. So make sure you guys head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and you guys can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON to receive the bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2021 season. Make sure you get that free money with the promo code Locked On, because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, it's
3: Crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I am joined with Jake Lisco and James Rapine of the On Bengals podcast to get some insight on the Bengals and I mean, I think we have to start, I mean, I know you started with Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert. I'm not going to, you know, put you on the spot here and ask you which one's better, but these two are I think the consensus consensus two top quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. What have you seen from Joe Burrow so far throughout his first year and a half uh, of his career? And what do you think is an aspect of his game that he needs to work on? I think
1: that there are a couple of things you can look at in his game this year that he needs to work on. And they're, they're both just parts of the way he approaches quarterback play. And so one thing is he he's made some mistakes with ball security this year. Last year, it was fumbles. Fumbles were a big problem for him in the pocket. Those have gone away for the most part this year. There's a couple, but last year was like a significant, consistent problem. This year, it's he's putting the ball in passing situations that he doesn't need to from time to time. And that's part of the way he plays quarterback. That's part of the way he played quarterback at LSU. He likes to create outside of structure. He likes to push the ball downfield to his playmakers and give them opportunities to win one-on-one situations. And there are times when they're either not one-on-one situations or defenses are making really good plays or he's not seeing linebackers or safety gets a great jump on a vertical ball. And so that's leading to some interceptions. But the thing that we love about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati and the Bengals fans love about Joe Burrow is his accuracy is all world. Like as good as you could hope quarterback accuracy to be coming into the league, that's continued his processing ability is excellent he's i think one of the top pff graded passers when the coverage rotates after the snap is a tweet i saw a couple weeks ago so teams have tried to confuse him with post snap rotations with blitzes and he's picked them apart when he's doing that so the mental part of his game has been has been beyond what you would expect for a second year quarterback and you hear his teammates they were talking about this from the minute he arrived in cincinnati saying, oh, I didn't know you can make that check, his teammate tight end C.J. Uzama said about Joe Burrow and his ability to understand the offense and, and get them into positions that you know are advantageous for the team. So the mental process processing has been fantastic. The accuracy has been accurate. The mentality that he brings to this team, the, the consistency and the, the ability to learn from his mistakes, these are all things that you love. Even if he doesn't have the Justin Herbert cannon arm, he definitely has an NFL arm. It's not like this is For sure. you know, Ryan Finley out there or something like that who can't get the ball 10 yards downfield or Ben Roethlisberger, who I love to hate on, on the lockdown Bengals podcast. He looks so old. It's bad. Oh, man. It was bad. But that, those are some of the things that we love about Joe
3: Burrow and some of the things that he needs to work on. Fair enough. Switching gears to this year's draft, I know a lot of Charger fans uh, you know, thought there was a good chance that the Bengals might uh, draft Rashawn Slater instead of Jamar Chase, but they went with the latter. They went ahead and and took Joe Burrow's LSU favorite target there and 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 took Jamar Chase. But Joe Burrow has been sacked close to three times per game this season. You know, just given that and given you know the benefit of hindsight, do you think that there's any part of the Bengals organization that might, if they had the chance to go back, maybe they would have took Slater over over uh, Jamar Chase?
2: Zero. They think Jamar Chase is better than Slater. They think he's better than Sewell. And I, I think he is too. I mean, because of what he does for their offense, the the bottom line is, is when the Chargers go to prepare for this Bengals offense, they have to prepare for every facet, the, the deep ball with Chase. And then, oh, wait, T Higgins is on the other side. Oh, they got to mm-hmm. worry about Joe Mixon and in the, in the rushing attack. Tyler Boyd going over the middle. CJ Uzama has five touchdowns. So it, mm-hmm. He just completely changes what this offense can do and the ceiling for this offense with Joe Burrow. So, yeah, the offensive line is still a question mark, but less so at the the tackle spot anyway. It's more a uh, right guard, and they've kind of shuffled through multiple right guards this year. We'll see if Akeem Adenogy can hang on to that spot. He's played there the past couple of weeks and has shown flashes. And then their starting center, Trey Hopkins, is coming off of a torn ACL. He tore it in January. Mm-hmm and hasn't missed a game this year. And he's just not all the way back to his old self and, and they're hoping that he gets there. So th- the, that's where a lot of the pressure and issues have come from for the most part. Has Jonah Williams been perfect that left tackle? No, but I think he's been good. Riley Reef ha- has been good. They signed him this off season. So uh, no, I, I think they would still take Jamar Chase. And uh, it's really because of what he's done for that offense. He had that huge start to the season. But now defenses have adjusted, and so the Bengals are like, okay, fine, we're going to run it with Joe Mixon, and we're going to push the ball downfield to T. Higgins, and we'll have all of these weapons that you have to, to find answers for as well.
3: Well, I will agree to disagree with you on, on him being better than Rashawn Slater. I think Rashawn Slater is playing at an all-pro level this year in, in his rookie season. But, hey, I mean, obviously Jamar Chase is a hell of a football player, no question. But one guy you just touched on that we have to talk about is Joe Mixon, and especially lately he is – Definitely turned it on his last three games, 352 yards, rushing six touchdowns. What do you think has really been the core difference in his game lately? Well, I think James
1: just hit on it. It's defenses are trying to take away Jamar Chase. And I mean, the Steelers for the first half of the game last week stayed too high. And, and the Bengals just were like, OK, we're going to run it on you because the Steelers are probably sitting there thinking you've never been able to run it on us in your lives. You're not going to do it now, and and then they did, and so there's a couple things going on there. One of them is the way defenses are treating Jamar Chase, and and you know the Zach Taylor, uh, Sean McVay propensity to stay in eleven personnel and and run out of eleven personnel too, uh, so so that's part of it is the way that the Bengals are being defended. The other part of it is the return of Frank Pollock, and and the massive upgrade in offensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. You talk about. The impact Rashawn Slater could have made, and and I'm not taking anything away from Rashawn Slater. I agree with you. I think he's a fantastic football player, and I think he's going to be a great left tackle for a really long time. I share an alma mater with Rashawn Slater. No, uh, All love, all love for Rashawn Slater. But the the offensive line improvements in Cincinnati, especially in the running game, have been really visible the last two weeks. And this is... This is Quentin Spain, a left guard who was a reclamation project in the middle of last season. He kind of got it off to a rocky start. He He was forced to play tackle. He was playing right guard, left guard, and tackle. And this is a guy that's a career left guard. Now back in his career home at left guard, he's been incredible this year in pass protection and in run blocking. And if you look at last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers in particular, they're just lining up and beating guys. In, in run blocking and not only that but Joe Mixon is very much at home running the wide zone. It uses his his vision, his patience, his acceleration very, very well. His pre snap ability is showcased. You can see it on numerous occasions in this wide zone system against the Steelers last week, including the biggest run I think of the game, which is, you know, he presses a hole all the way up on the left side behind left tackle. The Steelers at this point are absolutely selling out to stop wide zone left. And he slams the brakes on, gets outside the backside on the right, and takes off for a 34-yard gain. So he, he he's patient, as you mentioned. He, he's got the vision, and he's got the acceleration, and he's he's a big guy, right? It's not like a corner is taking him down easily. So he really has all the tools. He's healthy. He's with a, a scheme and an offensive line coach that he loves.
3: And the offensive line is just performing better. Yeah. I mean, that definitely will, will help. No question about it on defense. The Bengals have several great players, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates, just to name a few of them. But tell me about someone on the defensive side that charger fans might not know about who's had a good year, but night might not have got the spotlight that they've deserved.
2: I'll give you a bunch and, and you'd, actually mentioned a couple of them i think there you know i think trey hendrickson is is sort of under the radar i don't know if people think he's great uh chido bay uh, Temple 10 plus sacks i don't is, know he's the number co- no i sure but I, I honestly Bengals fans questioned that sign and we questioned that signing when they made it uh he's certainly been productive and i think he's uh flashing that for sure but uh other guys that you, you want to pay attention to um Chidobe Awuzie, you know, I, how is he? The is he going to just yeah. man up against Mike Williams? Is that what you do? That's probably since uh, since Keenan Allen's going to move around a bit, that might be the case. Uh, but but he's someone to pay attention to. Logan Wilson got off to a great start, but I, I think has come back down to earth at linebacker, second year player out of Wyoming, over the past month or so. So can he reestablish that? He's going to be tested early and often by. Uh, a guy named Austin Eckler, who's uh, arguably probably probably the best pass catching back uh, in the league right now. One of them. Um, so, so that's uh, that's someone that uh, we'll see. But uh, the Bengals' defense, to me, starts in, in the strength of the defense. Starts with the interior of their defensive line, and, and it's their depth there that that kind of makes Ugh. things easier on Trey yeah. Hendrickson makes things easier on Sam Hubbard but but it starts with DJ Reader and, and he's a, a star he he's a guy uh and knows tackle that's going to get plenty of push in the run game who's going to um make life uh tougher on Justin Herbert because he's going to make that pocket collapse and he's going to get the push which makes it easier for Trey Hendrickson. Uh, you, you know, to, to get the sacks and makes it easier for, you know, a guy like Sam Hubbard to clean things up. So DJ Reader is someone uh, that Charger fans should know, because if the Bengals are going to win on Sunday, he, he's going to have to get a big, uh, big push in the middle of that defensive line.
3: All right, last question here, very simple. What are the main weaknesses on offense and defense for the Bengals, and if you were trying to set up this game plan to try to beat the Bengals, what would that look like? You've seen teams when they're on
1: offense going against the Bengals target Eli Apple in coverage and at their own peril, honestly, lately, he has a couple interceptions lately, but he has been a bit of a weak link in the secondary that was relying on Trey Waynes to play the other outside corner position. He hasn't been healthy. The linebackers have been up and down. There are probably opportunities for Austin Eckler there. But when you have Keenan Allen on your team and Austin Eckler on your team, and Justin Herbert on your team, I would try to leverage those weapons and get them in space, let them take what the defense is giving you. But when you're on offense against the Bengals, I think it's a generally challenging job because that defense is, for the most part, very intelligent, very disciplined. And so they're going to try to bait you into things. So staying patient, which is something that I'm sure has been preached to Justin Herbert this year is why a lot of these throws are going underneath. Is something that will have to maintain. And you know, being prepared for the coverage rotations. Uh, when the Bengals offense is on the field, the 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 way to, to beat them, well, for one, like you said, make them one-dimensional. So so find the takeaways. Just uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, also a young quarterback. He's seen a lot in the NFL. I, I mentioned that we love his processing ability, but has been fooled a few times this year. And if you get the early turnover, you get the Bengals behind the eight ball the way they were against the Browns, they're not really built to be a straight drop back passing team against a good pass rusher like Joey Bosa. So, so you're looking to get yourself into that position. That's easier said than done. That requires the entire team. If you're looking for individual weaknesses, really it's it's right guard and center. And if Riley Reef doesn't play, it's probably right tackle. He missed practice with an ankle injury, although they do sound optimistic that he will play on Sunday. But that that's where you would look to try to find individual wins is, is find the pass protection matchups that you like and go after them. That's going to be right guard and center and make Joe Burrow's life difficult because, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the Rashawn Slater, uh, Jamar Chase decision, despite the decision to pick Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's like the seventh least pressured quarterback in the NFL, despite being one of the more sacked quarterbacks. And a lot of that's on Burrow and and mm. taking sacks that he doesn't need to take either by trying to extend plays or at times mismanaging the pocket, which is something that he generally does well. So, you know, pretty pretty common answers here. Make the Bengals one-dimensional, and when they are one-dimensional, get the pressure on Burrow and this offensive line and, and make them non-functional in those situations.
3: Well, hey, that's all I had. Uh, that's all the questions I had. I know this is going to be a very exciting game. Uh, two young gunslinger type of quarterbacks – the definite class and the future of the AFC, the Bengals. These are not your father's Bengals anymore. This is a very talented Bengals team. So this game sh- should have some very serious implications on what the playoff picture will look like. And as you know, December football, this is where it counts, but Jake James, thank you guys for joining me here on this crossover episode and best of luck to you guys the rest of the rest of the season. Thanks, David. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, David.